Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and I would say probably as recently as five or six years ago, Omaha kind of had a rather unspectacular barbecue scene, I would say. Now, there were some good places here and there, but if you wanted, like, great barbecue, you were going to go south to Kansas City or even further south to Texas. Maybe you go out east a little bit to Chicago, and... Omaha's barbecue scene still doesn't have the stable tradition that those places do, but I think we have some standout restaurants and concepts that would fit right into any of those communities now. And the three gentlemen who are at the table with me are three people who have helped establish that over time. Please welcome to the podcast Blaine Hunter, Scott Fogel, and Craig Ryan. All right, gentlemen, to start this thing off, I'm going to ask you to, one by one, introduce yourselves. Uh, what is the name of your restaurant or food truck, and what t- style of barbecue you serve? Craig, kick us here. off. Kick <laughs> us off. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Craig Ryan, um, Sauce Boss's Barbecue. Uh, where's a small food truck? Um, I'd say my style is actually kind of mixed. It's what's best. Um, we do our brisket, similar Texas, stuff like that. Um, our pork is going to be closer to Kansas City style, a little sweet on that and everything. So uh, we really just mix it up. My name's Scott Fogel, and I own uh, Mission Avenue Barbecue over in Bellevue. Uh, I'm from Austin, Texas, so my style is pretty much Texas style, but uh, specifically more Central Texas style. A little bit of Mexican influence in it. Perfect. I'm Blaine Hunter. I'm Porky Butts Barbecue. Um, Originally from Texas as well. Um, I cook what I love. I cook, uh, I have a chef background, so I do a lot of uh, chef-influenced stuff. But it's more Texas, Kansas City, just whatever I like to eat. So, I mean, what we cook is what we like to eat and what we think the general public's going to enjoy to eat. So we, we kind of mash it all together and make Omaha barbecue. Awesome. Well, now we've made some introductions, but I think we need to start off defining what <coughs> makes great barbecue. So for you guys, if you visit a barbecue restaurant... What is it about a restaurant that is going to make you go, oh, this place is doing it right? Well, I pro- none of us probably go to barbecue restaurants. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. That's tough. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Th- th- these guys eat a lot of meat, have yeah. eaten a lot of meat in their life, so they usually don't eat a lot of barbecue. For many years. Time. But, okay, so, so you're, at a, you're, you're at a comp. Like, what, what defines great barbecue to you, then, even if you're not eating it a ton yourself like how do you know when you taste something you're just like oh this dude knows what he's doing when it comes to barbecue well for me it's yeah it's just kind of like you can tell how much time they've put into it it took to meat properly to, to render all the fat properly you got to know your meats and um it's pretty obvious when you take that first bite of a rib or a bite of brisket specifically whether or not they've been cooking for a while you can just tell by texture yeah and that texture thing is just that that finish, how that moisture level hits your mouth. I mean, you, you, that's through that process he's talking about, start to finish. And um, you know when you bite into a good piece of meat, a good piece of brisket that just pulls apart and has that nice rendered fat. And Even you know. if it's not seasoned the way you like it either. <laughs> exactly. It's not like your flavor profile. You can definitely tell somebody who knows to take the time and knows their meats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, a texture thing. Exactly. Okay, so I know that... 
Uh, Scott, you are not a fan of the term pit master. So I want to I, I want to hear you guys' opinion on that. And we need to establish what I'm calling you guys tonight. Because normally I would say, oh, I've got three pit masters here. But Scott does not like that term. Hey, it's just... <laughs> What's so your, what, what am I calling you guys? What am I calling you guys tonight? I just cook. <laughs> you know, I, I was just a cook. Yeah. I mean, if you look up my uh, my profile on basically every uh, social media outlet and on my uh, all my employment applications, I'm head dishwasher at Porky Butt, so you can call me <laughs> Dishy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you did just say you were an all-American at washing dishes. I am dishes. an all-American that, at washing dishes. That's your greatest skill. So, I mean, that's a useful skill to have as a barbecue cook. But, I mean, pitmaster, I mean, cook, restaurateur, that's probably the, the better that all three of us are. Exactly. I mean, we, we all wear many hats, and, I mean, I don't know what the true definition of a pitmaster is, but I think it's overused, and yeah, with all the Instagram a... people that are out there using it nowadays, there's a lot of, uh, of pitmasters out there. Well, and it's also pretty presumptuous to think you're going to master anything, especially when you're playing with live fire all the time. Yeah. I mean, the minute you get comfortable. I guess what makes a, a, a good pitmaster is knowing how to react when you set a pit on fire or <laughs> something goes horribly wrong. So like a pit reactor. Yeah. That's the better term. That, that's just a general restaurateur. Because <laughs> no, every true. single day you're getting stuff thrown at you. Yeah. And it's how you're going to you respond. And you'll, you'll see like your, your pit's been cooking 75 degrees hot for, and you don't know how long. And you got to be able to look at that meat and go, okay, where am I? <laughs> you know, how much further along am I? You know, and, and being able to identify that kind of thing. I guess that's what makes you a pit master, but... It's just a term that a lot of people have been chasing for a long time, and I'm, it's not as glamorous as people think it is <laughs> at all. I mean, it's dirty. It's a dirty job. <laughs> okay, so tell me. People, people think it's glamorous. Give us, pull back the curtain. Tell us what it's really oh like. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Long hours, always on your feet, always. lifting heavy stuff. I mean, hot. <laughs> it's hot. Dirty. The, the most, uh, I don't want to say this and offend anybody, but... Just go for it. Let's offend some people. <laughs> they, we, we get attacked more on social media than anybody else, and, and it, it just, we put so much love and, and effort into it. And we're not going to, every piece of meat that we produce is not going to be perfect, and we know that. And we do have bad pieces of meat, and we uh, all cook. You just kind of have to get what, you, what you gotta, you're given, you got to deal with. Yeah, so and I mean, just that is the biggest challenge, I think, as a, as a pit master slash restaurateur or barbecue owner, because there's a, there's a lot of people out there just, you know, attacking and I, I think a lot that, of armchair quarterbacks. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and I, I get a lot of guys. You get the guys that come in and say, "Oh, when I retire, I want to do this." And <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, "You are crazy!" <laughs> yeah. Like, keep working. Yeah, you know, or just retire. Yeah, because this is not retirement. Not a good plan. Not a good retirement plan. But no, I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's obviously a love because we all three, yeah. we get up every day. I mean, you work 16, 17 hours a day and you go in and... You have to love it. You have to love it. I mean, yeah. we, we all do. We all, I mean, we sit here and like any, any career, you know, it's a, there's a challenges, but in barbecue, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a lot of hours and it's a lot of uh, hard work, but it's a passion. And if you don't have the passion, I wouldn't jump into it. That's for sure. The food's almost the easy part. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so there are a lot of different styles of barbecue and each style of barbecue has certain characteristics but i feel like even within those styles each restaurateur pitmaster what whatever we want to call it has his own kind of barbecue thumbprint or fingerprint like his own sauce his own rub his own approach when it comes to i was going to say cooking times and temps but we're going to go into why those are, aren't really a thing and they don't really exist. But, I mean, you know, are you smoking with the fat cap up or down? Are you finishing your ribs in foil? Like, there's so many different techniques out there. How did you guys each find, like, your, your barbecue voice? I Trial and error for me. I mean, I've been cooking since I was a little kid. Went to culinary school, like I said. Um, started barbecuing as a kid. And then just, I mean, it, I get those questions all the time because we teach a lot of classes. And... and in, in classes and questions, I, they ask me, like, what time should, you know, should we finish? You know, what time should the brisket be done? Or how long does it take to cook a brisket? Or how, should I cook a fat side? But all that's determined by what you're cooking on, what, if you're cooking it whole, how you're trimming it, if you're using just salt and pepper, if I'm using sugar. And there's a lot of variables that, move, that, that, are, that range and change how you uh, cook meat. And, and I think that is, that, that is the, that's cooking meat. And I guarantee we all three do it differently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And I do it differently lot. based on sometimes on what I'm cooking and where I'm cooking. Like in competition, I'm cooking on offset or mm-hmm. at the restaurant, I'm cooking. And it also depends on how much meat is in the smoker. Right. And the more meat you put in there, the more moisture there's in there. And that changes, the moisture level changes. And how what the moisture level is in your wood, if that changes your... I mean, there's so many variables that you can't just say, at this time, I take it off. Or this color, I take it off. Or this moisture content or this rendered fat. So it, there's so many variables that you can't really... Well, you can, you, but then you live in the mediocrity world. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah. I mean, to answer your question is, uh, I mean, we all do different things. <laughs> yeah, but you got to treat every piece of meat as its own piece of meat when it comes down to it, because no two are the same. It's not like we just set a timer and say, all right, well, it's time to pull those off now, you know. <laughs> I will never forget it. When you first came on my podcast for the first time, you said something that, like, totally changed the way I think about it. No, it's not inappropriate, <laughs> but you're like... No two humans are the same. No. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you cooked two of us, we would cook very different. <laughs> no, like, yeah, that sounds really weird, but think about it in those terms. Like, no two cows ha- or, or two pigs have the same, like, structure, have the it, same body shape, have the same fat content. Like, if you just use a uniform method, you're going to get varying levels of quality. 100%. That's and why it, the thermometer exactly. lies to you as well. And then the other thing, too, is like when I was selecting Snicker Farms, the, the beef I use is how it's transported and how that, you know, the, the cattle is transported and how it's treated in that transportation makes it different than in the mead. So, like, they'll transport it a day early, let it settle, calm down before they actually slaughter it, the animal. Mm-hmm. They make it feel like it's living a perfect life before it ends up <laughs> no, going over no, to the no, buffet. Stress, but, yeah, but yeah, no, it's less stress, and it's just it, every little variable changes. So you got to make sure you're changing all the time when you're cooking. You can't just be like, at 1 o'clock yesterday, I did the brisket at this or the chicken at this. or the, You know, it's, everything changes daily. It does. I, just the other night I had some, and I still don't know why, but they took three hours longer than they should have, you know, but they just were not feeling right. And I, it was the day the front rolled in. Yep. It was the day that yeah. the weather changed, and I was like, it might have been a pressure thing. I'm not sure yet, but, but now, I'll tell you what, my night was three hours longer than it should have been. Yeah. You just, you just said something interesting there. You said that's why the meat thermometer lies. So many people use a meat thermometer and just trust that implicitly. And I see, Craig, you're shaking your head too. <laughs> yeah. Guys, go into that. How, how does the meat thermometer lie? Well, I mean, every piece of meat's different. Every, yeah. You've got a different fat content, and it, it renders it a different rate. And, and sometimes that meat thermometer, it can. people ask me all the time, what time do you, what, what do you pull your brisket at? I, honestly, when it's done. I have no <laughs> idea. We do everything by look and feel. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not feeling right, and, and that's why my night was three hours, that thermometer could have been telling me that they were done, but they didn't feel none to me, so I wasn't going to leave until they were, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I always say when we hire new pitmasters, that they always say, you know, do we get a thermometer? I said, you have 10 of them right here. you got to touch it and feel it, and mm-hmm. that's how, I mean, we, we feel our briskets. you got to look at it and treat each one the same. They're not all the same. I think that that, that kind of plays into something that I wanted to talk about, um, just developing the feel. Because I, I remember even a couple of years ago, I would watch like Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives or other um, Food Network shows, and the guy would be interviewing the, a barbecue restaurant tour, and he'd say, okay, how long is the brisket going on? And he'd be like, oh, anywhere between 11 and 14 hours. And I was just like, what kind of answer is that? That's a three-hour difference. Like, it, wow. that makes no sense. But it's what you guys are talking about right here. It could depend on the weather. It could depend on the humidity. It could depend on the size of the animal. It could depend on what they're smoking. How, if, are they serving, you know, a buffet that day? Or are they working in their restaurant? Like, it, it does vary so much. So how do you develop that feel? Time. It's been years, years, years. And- <laughs> Cooking hundreds of thousands yeah. of pounds of brisket. Yeah, over 12,000 briskets. Yeah. Like, it, it took me a while, though. I remember the learning process. It was frustrating. But then it was like one day a light bulb went off, and I'm like, ah, this is it. <laughs> you know, it, I don't know how to explain it, but it was frustrating. It takes a long – it's it's always nice when you're playing with somebody else's money, though. <laughs> so so you, so you remember that moment exactly. Yeah, though. I remember because it – What was it, it like? Was what, what happened you know? or what was it like for you? Well, I was working for an absolute perfectionist, too. I mean, his name's Miguel Vidal. He owns uh, Valentina's in Austin, Texas, and one of the fantastic the restaurants. Yeah, it's there. unbelievable. It's unreal. If you're ever in Austin, Texas, it is a must. But, um, like, he kept going, listo, listo, you know, done, done. And I kept feeling it going, is it? Just could not get it down. And finally one day, he's like, yeah, they're perfect. And I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> Ever since that day, I've been just chasing that perfect brisket, you know. And you don't get it every time. 
I mean, it's almost impossible to get it every time. We, we were talking about today. I, yeah. I had two ribs that weren't finishing, and I was like, oh, I got to get going. I got to start slicing. And yeah, sometimes. I may have pulled them too early. So somebody, if they had a <laughs> rib today that was yeah. a little tighter than normal, then yeah, hopefully that, you don't that, have to hear about it on social media. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? But, but yeah, it's, it's just a over and over and over and over doing the same thing. Like, I have a very specific process. I do everything down from trimming to seasoning. And I could be standing there having a full-on conversation with you, but if you really watch what I'm doing, everything is a step, and it is always the same every single time, and that's how I train my people, too. So that way, the goal is, no matter who cooks it, you don't know. Like, we all do it the exact same way every time. And then if you do competition, it's even yeah, more it's refined. A whole other, it's a whole other level. level. We'll let him do that. That attention to detail is even more yeah. refined. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, totally I would, different style of cooking. <laughs> I, I would love to hear more about, like, do you guys, and obviously, Scott, you just kind of told your moment, but uh, Blaine and Craig, do you remember, like, when you mastered the feel? Like, I almost imagine it being, like, the day that Spider-Man got bit by the spider, and then he, like, wakes up the next morning, and he's got, like, this whole <laughs> new power set, and he's just like, whoa, what do I even do with this? Do you guys remember what that was like when you were just like, oh, I've got it now? I, uh, on, on me, the restaurant side, it was uh, probably about three months in when we moved over to the Snicker of Farms. It was, I was struggling a little bit, and I think you wrote a review talking about my struggles. And, uh, and, uh, this and was I, a long time ago. I've learned the and, error of my ways. No, no, and I, I deserved it, too, because I, I, I wasn't, I mean, at the first three months we were open, we were struggling a little bit, and we were cooking too much, and scaling in a restaurant is hard. I mean, I was cooking two or three briskets all the time, but when you got to cook 50 a day and you got to have them out exactly when you open, ready to roll, it's hard. And it was probably about three months in, and uh, we moved over to the butcher paper, and, and I just one day I... I asked, honestly, I overcooked him, I thought, and then I walked up to him and I realized that I wasn't cooking him long enough the whole time in that butcher paper, and that was the moment, just like he said, it was, I think no one taught probably, me, I just, I just, I thought I effed up. That's the biggest mistake with brisket, though, is I yeah. think that most people aren't cooking them long enough. Exactly, yeah. because they're they, cooking them. Yeah. That's probably the biggest mistake, and the thermometer's telling them that it's done. Craig, do you remember mastering, or not mastering, no one masters yeah. it, but do I'm you remember? I'm sure mastered 100% completely now like you're saying right every, every piece is different every piece yeah. is gonna act a little different but uh, uh no i don't remember the exact point of or when it's kind of just just growing or whatever i just haven't been doing it as long as these guys and stuff but uh craig uh, but it's, it's came out of the wound there, so came out of the wound <laughs> <Yeah>. cooking briskets <laughs> no no not in not in <laughs> iowa i didn't do that like you guys <laughs> so we've kind of talked about how the feel very hard to master. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of repetition. How do you try and teach that to someone else? I know part of it, you just have to do it over and over again. You have to figure it out yourself. But you also, as you're training employees and you're training other people, you have to get them to a point where you're at least getting them down the path where you guys went down. How do you try and teach that to someone? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge, and it's what we face every day. But, I mean, I think I told you in my la your last episode you had me on, and I had a gentleman I didn't think was going to make it, and he was struggling a lot. And it just, one day I got him, I had him feeling, he, he messed up 14 briskets one day that I throw in the trash that was maybe one of the worst days ever <laughs> in my, yeah. It was very... Learning on somebody else's dollar. Yeah, he, <laughs> Someone else's time. And I, he, he... he I held some restraint that day, but um, I mean, since then he's been he's been amazing, and and I didn't think he was gonna. I went to the manager and said he's not gonna make it, and two weeks later he just one day just cooked these most perfect brisket I've ever had, and I'm like, okay, maybe he's gonna make it. And then two days later he, it was over and over, and he's been with me for two years now, and he's just kicking butt, and he's a great pit master. Or what are we calling? Right, what are we calling him? I don't know. I don't want to get backhanded with you. No, no, <laughs> Now, I've got a, I've got a specific way that I train people. I start them on the block because I want them uh, slicing the brisket and serving it and seeing that fat cap yeah. and uh, seeing it makes a lot more sense because a brisket's two muscles that come together and they run different grains. I teach them the block first and how to serve, and then I move them over to trimming them, and that's where they, that's where the whole process starts with me. And I've had pretty good success with that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got someone. Right now, that I'm training to hopefully take my place soon. So, <laughs> be the new face. <laughs> Craig, I know on the food truck, you know, you've got a, it a little different. I don't know if you're 
doing yeah, all the meats yourself, but are you? <laughs> yeah, are you I'm 100 percent it. It's, okay, it's exactly. I'm I'm doing the trimming. I'm doing the, the cooking or whatever and stuff like that. So and it's then, fun, uh, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and then a lot of times to serve the, I'll be doing the slicing on the truck and stuff like that. So yeah, so it's just training myself. <laughs> yeah, but but I imagine. I mean. It would be hard to to hand that off to someone. I mean, you guys are talking about how, how difficult it is. To when I'm on the block, I'm picking my stuff apart left and right. Yeah, very difficult and very hard. Um, mm-hmm. it's when still- I first started, I was I had a buddy was telling me and stuff like that, and uh, um, we had a person come up who does a lot of barbecue in the area and stuff like to eat us and. And he sliced the stuff all wrong and everything, and and then of course it comes down to like looking at I did it and everything, and I just constantly always still gut that with because I knew it was just not right or whatever the way he, way he did that. But yeah, no, I I to this day I still there's certain days I I still check the cameras to make sure they're they're because I, I can watch every every step they're doing. It's hard to walk away, but you have to. I mean, because at the end of the day, if you work seven days a week, seventeen hours a day. I'd, my wife would be really rich. That insurance would finally kick in. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, I mean, it's you guys' names who is, mm-hmm. are going to be associated 100%. with that. People yeah. know the names. They, they know your names. They don't know your, your uh, other sous chefs or other cooks that you have. So they're going to come back, and they're not going to say, oh, you know, Johnny messed up that brisket. They're going to say, man, Blaine screwed that up. Porky Butts is yep. weak. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. How, how frustrating is that? Like, especially like the one time review and, and I'll totally own to it. Like the first time I went to Porky Butts, it was probably a week or two after it opened in the restaurant. And I've learned a lot since then. I always go at least twice to a place before I talk about it now. But I mean, how frustrating is that you guys? Like, because you've mentioned how hard it is and you mentioned that you've admitted that you make mistakes to know that someone might be judging your entire career and what how, how much you put into this based off one bad brisket like that, that's that's just got to be tough to internalize yeah no it's, it's hard i mean it was the hardest thing for me to probably cope with at the beginning it was because you take everything to heart and you just get defensive automatically as a human but um you, you know that you're not perfect and you have people working that are probably not as passionate as you are and they're not perfect so the people make mistakes and also there's people i mean everybody likes something different i mean it's no different yeah. than i go to his i don't like eating my place but i'll go to his place and right. i'll have a brisket or i'll go I get, love his grits yeah i mean as we all <laughs> we all were talking about it we all love each other's yeah. sides but it's ribs. it's a uh, yeah no it's 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 hard to take and 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 I hate when I hate when people and this week I got in trouble on social media because I commented on a, a post I don't know if any of you have seen it but <laughs> I hate when people will put the porky butts is the best uh, or and then someone will jump in and say no Mission Avenue is better or this is better or this is better I hate the the tacking yeah. all the time that drives me more nuts than the actual telling me my brisket sucks when I I know that it yeah. wasn't that good that day. I think they, oh, they assume that we all hate each other, you know, and it's like, <laughs> we, all no, talk we, really, we all talk <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, it's the most challenging business I've ever, I mean, I worked in the restaurant business. Well, and also, I mean, I think we've proved that we put out a good product and we care. So the people that go straight to social media to just rip you apart just tells you that's probably not a customer you want anyways, but because if they had just come to us, you know, we're going to fix that. We're going to, oh my God, we know what we're looking at. We'll fix that for you right now. It's our name that's on it, you know, of course. And there's not a day that goes by that we don't make a mistake of something. Right. You I, know? Mean, I mean, we, we're all human and we're all... When you got 20 people standing in line, something's going to slip through every now and again. Yeah. It's going to happen, but all of us will fix it. But I, I do I, I do love feedback. I mean, it's, yeah. it, I, 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 I encourage it. And I even give... There's people that, have, you know, that hasn't been happy with me that I've actually given my personal cell phone number and then... They started as hating Porky Butts, and now they come to the Porky Butts all the time. Sure. And they call me, and they text me, and tell me. And uh, we have changed because of customer reviews, and we were always adapting. And and I mean, I've, I'm I'm on I don't know fourth or fifth pork product that I since I started the restaurant four years ago. So we will change and adapt as as things change and yeah, people's every, palates you, you change. You have to adapt. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't you I don't mean, change. This industry is moving at light speed too. It really is. It's a totally different industry down in Texas, but it's moving this way. Like. You can't get away with just a meat board and potato salad and beans yeah. and coleslaw anymore. And it, that's not going to fly. And the Omaha barbecue palate, I think, is getting a little more refined, and they know mm-hmm. what good barbecue is now. Or they're and they're I, starting to realize there's different regions yeah. and different styles. So. How, how have you seen that evolve? You, you say the barbecue palate is becoming more refined. How, how do you see J- that? Just some of the, the comments and people, I mean, some of the feedback I've gotten from guys and, and women on social media, some of the stuff you can tell. 
like when I first, it was like, your brisket's dry. But now they'll, they'll actually break it down and tell you what they thought of the brisket or how they thought. I mean, and some of it's like, I'm like, you know, this person knows what they're talking about. And mm-hmm. yeah, you they're, can definitely they're, tell they're, they're right. Yeah, they're right. I mean, it was off that day. Mm-hmm. And that happens. Yeah. Okay. You brought up something that we need to talk about tonight, Scott. And I Uh-oh. know it's something that you're Uh-oh. very passionate about. And that's just like... This happens with all types of food, but I feel it especially in barbecue. People feel like they have to like plant their flag on their favorite <laughs> yes. restaurant, that's the way to say and it. all the other right. ones suck. <laughs> right or die. So if I love yeah. if I love Mission Avenue, that's my place, right. and I don't like Porky Butts, right. I don't like Jay's Smokehouse, right. I don't like Sauce Bosses, I don't like any of those places. And you actually you had a Facebook post recently that expressed this feeling. You said it's okay to support someone who's doing something similar to you. It won't hurt your business. If anything, it'll help you both. Competition happens at the top, at the bottom. Collaboration happens at the top. Sure. I would love for you to unpack that quote a little bit and explain what inspired you to post it. Well, social media around here has been quite a bit different than anything that I've been used to dealing with. It's, it's is, totally, is it weird? Is it different here than it's in totally Texas? Totally different market. Totally different market. How? I just think that barbecue has been a big thing in Texas a lot longer. Gotcha. Okay. And I think that your average customer understands what goes into it a little more. Um, and it's, it's not a big percentage up here. It's just the ones that, yeah, there's some loud ones. <laughs> they make a lot of noise and we, 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 Oh gosh, it's been, we've been beaten up. We've been beaten up a little bit, but so have these guys. Like, yeah, yeah when we talk with, he'll send me one. He's like, somebody's posted that they love my place way better than Porky Butts. And he sends me a screenshot. <laughs> you know, I like, think it's funny. I yeah, love it. And, and we laugh about it behind the scenes, but it's also frustrating. It's like, yeah. he does a good job. I do a good job. We, we support each other. We, that's what barbecue is about. It's about community. And, and barbecue is very subjective. So you can, I mean, it is. You, you can, I mean, I think well, what I like and what he likes might be totally sure. different. Yeah. You know? and, and I think there it's, people are so passionate about it because everybody can relate to doing it in their backyard. And no matter what style you grew up with, the one thing that it has in common, all styles, is about friends and family and get-togethers. And, you know, it's, now it's kind of gotten more competitive. And I think people lose sight of that aspect of it. And that's the whole reason I got into it. It's like a brotherhood down in Texas. Like, we all know and support each other. We, I mean, you've got some people. The people that fight in Texas are the families. <laughs> and that's where it belongs, <laughs> you know. Well, I remember you came on my podcast. I want to say it was two months ago, Scott, so somewhere around there, or maybe maybe it was a little bit longer. Regardless, you said that you you were kind of lamenting that you missed that from Texas because yeah. you you just moved from Texas uh, late last year, mm-hmm. October. and, and you, just Almost that been a year. just that oh wow congratulations yeah. uh, that barbecue scene was just so much closer and there was more collaboration between restaurants mm-hmm. and it was more like a family and you're just like man I miss that here. But I feel like, you know, We're I, I, build it, I, I, think, I think we can see it even right here. Oh, for you, sure. I mean, it, this wasn't even my idea to do this podcast. It was Blaine. He, yeah. he texted me and he was like, when are we doing a live barbecue podcast? I want to get these guys together and talk sure. barbecue. And you're texting each other. Are you starting to see, obviously, it's not going to be the same as it was in Texas. Yeah. Start are you, start, yeah. Are you, <laughs> you starting know? to see that build up a little bit between the restaurants and concepts here? That's what we're trying to yeah. accomplish here, I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I've definitely, sure. since the, the first day I opened, I mean, I've started, I've talked to James quite a bit. I talked from Jay Smokehouse, and I, I started talking yes. to Scott, and I've talked known Craig James for many years. Times a week. Yeah. yeah, so we were slowly, it's starting to grow, and I, I'd love to, you know, get more traction. Because, I mean, it's, I want to make a barbecue. I want you to say, oh, there's Kansas City, there's Texas, and there's Omaha. And, and we, I think I said that the first time I was on your show. We've got yeah. a lot of mutual friends in Texas. He knows yeah. a lot of the same guys I do, the guys I'm talking about. It, it really is. It's like a big yeah. fraternity of like-minded idiots that want to play with fire and meat in, <laughs> in July when it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> so. so ideal state, what would you guys, like, what is having like a barbecue family among restaurateurs, what does that look like? Ideal state, where would you like to get to? Just more where it's more of a, a community yeah. rather than the rivalry, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like... Like, he was having trouble with some pork a couple weeks ago, and I said, hey, if you need pork, just come grab it from the restaurant. Yeah. Or if you need an extra smoker and you're down and you need to borrow one. I want to get to the point that we can all just lean on each other because barbecue is a That's really hard about. business. It's and really and hard. we need all of us to be together to make this community a great barbecue community, I think. Especially to make it grow. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. What do you think, Craig? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he pretty yeah. much did you it on the head. Like, many words, my friend. <laughs> I know, he never I know. shuts up when we're talking Sometimes. on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, though. Like, I mean, Blaine's helped us so much. I mean, he's... Yeah. I didn't come from a barbecue background like these guys did and stuff like that. Um, you know, I started doing little competition stuff, things like that. Had a lot of people back helping with that. You know, other competition people stuff. Just kind of grew into it. Started doing a little more, went to culinary school, stuff like that, to kind of do my leap that way and kind of learn a little more. And, and like I said, since Blaine's been such great help and everything with questions and supply things and just, just stuff like that. So just that, just that support amongst. And, and it's not like we're two different spectrums. I'm going to be a little food truck. Like it's not like we're competing on each other or anything. Sure. We're just there supporting each other and just helping us. Well, and I, think, and stuff, so. I think Omaha is a big enough community to support a bunch of them. A bunch I mean, we can yeah. take on more barbecue restaurants, sure. I think. Yeah, I mean, and so there's no reason to, you know, for us to hate each other or beat up on each other. We should all work together and produce a, a region of uh, the United States barbecue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. And that is one of the main reasons I love Certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, Check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. Uh, so we've got two members of this panel here who went to culinary school. And Ooh. I'm very I'm very interested in that because I don't think, you know, that's something that a lot of people would think like, oh, Italian, French dining, you know, like barbecue restaurant is not something I think a lot of people think of when they think of culinary school. Did you get your bull shaking your head? It's <laughs> becoming more predominant. Though. Yeah, yeah there's more a, of it. What, what did you guys gain from that? And would you recommend it to someone who is, hey, I, I want to get into barbecue professionally. Is culinary school a path that makes sense? <laughs> is anybody here from Metro? Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that's a chef question in general. People say, do you start at the dishwasher yep. and work your way up or do you go to culinary school? Uh, for me, it was a humongous midlife crisis, like career change. I think I was almost 40 when I did this, so I didn't have time to work my way up through the dishwasher and stuff like that. So culinary school taught me a lot of the basics, a lot of the handling stuff, a lot of terms, technology, like just stuff like that that I didn't have to say have time to learn working my way up and that. So kind of gave me that little little faster push, I guess, and stuff. So I, I'd honestly, if I could do it all over again, I, I would probably just go work in the industry take some select classes and, and get a business degree because the business degree is the part that you're never taught in culinary school, mm-hmm. how to operate the business. And that's the part I didn't know, and that's the most important part because anybody can, part. I mean, that creative part you can find deep inside you just by going and working with other people. I mean, just traveling around, traveling the, around the world and, and working in restaurants and working under chefs. I think you get so much more than going to culinary school where culinary school, they basically teach you to make one dish perfectly and inefficiently and <laughs> Basically, it's everything you don't want in a restaurant. I'll tell you what, you're not going to like the pay either coming out of culinary school. Yeah, exactly. At all. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I would, if I had to do it all over again, I think I would choose, choose that path and go get a business degree and then kind of work my way into restaurants. Or just. Or just what? <laughs> I was going to say something, but my wife's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. We don't want any angry wives listening to this. Okay. What is the most important lesson you've learned about barbecue that's allowed you to be successful in your career? For me, it was just starting meat. Learning how to purchase meat was probably the biggest thing for me in competition and in restaurant. It's just, you know, I thought you just grab a brisket, you throw in a smoker. But it, it's truly... I mean, the age of the meat, the quality of the meat, how it was processed. There's so many, there's so many levels that you need to learn. I think in, 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 in selecting, like especially in the competition, selecting meat is very, very important. So starting with a good piece of meat, I think, is and operating your, 
whatever your vessel of cooking is, your smoker. So I'm sure you do a lot of research, like going into it, trying to identify, but is some of that just trial and error, just buying different types of briskets and just going at it and saying, I like this one better than this one? Well, and just meeting the, you know, like I met, when I, when I moved over to Snake River Farms, I met with the owner and toured his ranch with him, and he talked me through his whole fam, family and multi-generations. They're celebrating 55 years today, actually. Wow. And um, just just learning from him and just in, and getting in touch with people. I'm going out and meeting ranchers and people that are actually raising cattle, and then pe- go to a processing plant. I mean, I know it's hard to get in them, but, uh, I mean, I've toured many processing plants. Some of them I didn't, didn't want to go back, but, right. but, I mean, there's, I mean, just learning the meat and learning the different, you know, the grades and learning, you know, fat structure and muscle striations or fat striations in the muscle. I mean, that's very important. And that's kind of me purchasing meat has been kind of the, the biggest thing in our growth as a company. What about you, Scott? Technique. Technique and just doing everything the same way. Attention to detail. Attention to detail is very important. That's barbecue. you got to have it in barbecue or you're just, I mean, it's easy to be mediocre. It's, it's tough to get to that other level, but I... When I got into this, I mean, I left, a, I left a very good job in commercial construction, and I just couldn't do it anymore. But I, I handpicked who I went to work for. I knew, I knew his reputation, and he, he didn't. He, he expected perfection. And I think working with him for three years gave me the greatest foundation. And, like, like he, he goes back to that culinary school. Find some place like that. If you're interested, find a guy like that. It's a That's, master of his craft. Yeah, find somebody mm-hmm. who is. Yeah, at that time, my one of my closest friends at the time was working for Aaron Franklin, and he was his head bit master. And I, I went to work for the other guy. I didn't even tell him. He got mad at me. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are already number one. I'm one of the up-and-coming guy. And, and we were on the Texas monthly top 50 list within a year. So, But, yeah, that's, that's what it is, is doing the same thing over and over the same way. And that doesn't mean you can't experiment and have fun. We do that all the time. Yeah. But, but um, We were talking about different things we want to yeah. try in the future. Yeah, I got a, I got a whole yeah bag of stuff that if I can just keep our doors open and keep us moving our regular menu out, if I can ever get some good help in there and things start running smoothly, then then it's time to play and we can have some fun. You were posting about brisket breakfast tacos. Oh yeah, was, oh. that's a staple and that's oh, uh, his, his, the, the the place I worked. That's what they were known I for. I traveled that. to this place to get the the yeah, brisket breakfast is. taco is the most amazing thing. Yeah, I mean it brought Guy Fieri there. Yeah, I mean it's. it's Tortilla it, will change your life. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Everything's from scratch, even the tortilla. Like, I don't know that I can pull that one off here. But, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we're known for our directive stock is there. So, I would, I would love to add a breakfast. Absolutely. We're talking about that right now. So Love it. Craig, what's been the most important lesson you've learned, do you think? Uh, probably honestly patience. Um, it is that. I mean, like they were saying, it's it. all yeah. exactly, you know, to meet selection is very important, but... Yeah, you can't you can't rush it. You just gotta take that time. Like we were saying, there would you say three hours, something extra the other day? Yeah, yeah our days like are like incredibly long. Like the meat's gonna be done when it's done, so you just patience until it gets there. So, uh, so Blaine and Craig, I know you guys have done plenty of barbecue competitions, and Scott, feel free to. Chime in on this. Hammer us down. I've done two. (laughs) I've always been on the production side of things. And Blaine, I know we've talked about this before, but I'd love to bring it to this new audience. Like, when people walk into Porky Butts, they see all kinds of ribbons and trophies on the walls, like all kinds of competition awards. And clearly, you know, you've done very, very well in those. But that's a completely different animal from serving food in the restaurant. And obviously, you've lived this life too, Craig, serving, you know... (laughs) six plates to judges is completely different than pumping out enough plates to satisfy a line at an event. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Just the differences in competition cooking versus serving the public? Yeah. I mean, it's totally, totally different. I'm serving basically six bites to a judge and I'm putting as much flavor and making it as pretty as I can to uh, just basically I want it when they touches their tongue to go, they look and, Say, wow, you know, where in a restaurant you're trying to put out, I mean, I don't want this to sound bad, but you're trying to put out a very consistent quality, high quality product, you know, in a, in a mass scale, basically, like we do at Porky Butts. But, um, yeah, it's two different animals, and it, the competition world, it, it's, it's so crazy, and it, but it's just so addictive, and I just got tied up in it, and I love it, I love it, but I hate it. I mean, every time I start prepping for a contest, I mean, my kitchen manager's back there. She's seen me trim chicken thousands of times and complaining and cussing the whole time, but then I go to the contest, get an award, and come home, and I'm 
the happiest man and tell the next contest. Is it just the high of winning that makes it addictive? I don't know if it's the high. It's just the competitive. I mean, all, yeah. everybody's competitive. And the atmosphere of those things is a lot of fun. Too. Yeah, and it's, it's just fun. and once you you you've been on top, it's. I mean, you know, we were the number one team in the world, and it was like once you hit that pinnacle, it's like how do I get there again? How do I? I mean, it's. it's I'm sure that's how a meth. <laughs> person feels they get there once they want to go again i mean i would never know but uh uh yeah no it's just i mean it's addictive and i i love it i'm i love it and i hate it i hate prepping for it and i hate getting ready for it but i when i get there i mean it's all it's it's like i'm sure like practicing for a football game and when you get there it's all game Mm mm-hmm you can't sit down and eat a half pound of competition brisket, oh, though. It'll make no, you sick. No. Yeah, like, and your kidneys are probably shut down. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> We're very MSG-friendly in very, the competition world. Very. <laughs> Greg, yeah. what are some of the main differences for you, especially serving on a food truck? That's a little bit different than a restaurant. Uh, the differences between competition and, and serving the public. No, it's the it's the same things. I mean, if there's food truck versus a restaurant, that's gonna be a lot the same. But the uh, everything's it's, always breaking. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's moving around, slopping everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how many times things are just ended up on the floor, like a whole eight quart of sauce or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Take down right. But yeah, like that's just it's the prepping, the, just the crazy amount of what we do to prep, like these things, chicken thighs and yeah. stuff. I mean, I. And no space two, there was two hours to do the, twelve chicken all thighs. The fat off of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, what we take a brisket and you know we'll trim a brisket a little bit to do it to the restaurant stuff like that. But the brisket, when you trim it for a competition, just, you don't even recognize it as a brisket necessarily yeah. anymore. Like stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it, so much different. It's so overdone. I mean, it's just yeah. I wish they would get rid of some of like the garnish rule in competition barbecue. Eliminate that. Eliminate some of the the appearance. And, and make it more about the cooking because now it's just a, it's a pretty sauce competition and and what we do in the restaurant and what we do in the the competition side are two different animals and I have tried to infuse some of that with like my ribs I mean my, my, I use the same rub on my ribs that I use in competition I use the same sauce I mean it's we, it's a similar rib but it just didn't have all the in, in, internal injections and phosphates and things that I put inside mm-hmm. of it. Scott, you said you've done a couple barbecue I've competitions. Done two. Yeah, but but you haven't you haven't caught the the fever like, like no, these I get guys it. But I, just, but, but I was when I did those two, I, I was already in the barbecue industry, and when you're in the barbecue industry, you don't get time for that. Like yeah, not at my level, you don't. So I'm still cooking every single thing, every piece of meat that comes out of that place. I'm pretty much cooking right now, so I don't have time to do it. Yeah, but, but um, I was working in corporate America when I was competing heavily, and you know we were. I mean, I was traveling. I did 41 contests one year, and I traveled basically every single weekend for the year. And I went from coast to coast. So, I mean, like he said, there's no way you could operate a restaurant and do yeah. that. And if you are, you're not going to be there. So, Right. And that's hard now is because I've started competing a little bit more because I wanted to my, – my ultimate goal is to win the Jack Daniels World Championship because that's the last thing in the, the, the feather of the KCBS cooks. And I haven't won that yet. And I've been trying to get to it, and I needed to win. So this last – Two months, I had to win a contest to qualify for it, and I did it like three weeks or four weeks ago, and I qualified for the Jack. And so, if I win that, you might never see me cook a competition again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> At least that's what I tell my wife. <laughs> and you were saying about walking to the restaurant. I had a comment this week on Facebook saying, asking about, you know, you have all those trophies. Isn't it about being better than somebody else? I I display those trophies because. I'm proud, and I'm proud of Nebraska. Because, I mean, it's not very often. You know, there's only been 38 world champion American Royal winners in the history of the world. And one of them is here in Omaha. And I do that because I I want the city to be proud of seeing those trophies. And I want them to be able to share it and say, hey, go to Omaha. There's, you know, American Royal winner. And that's the reason I do I don't do it because I think I'm better than I'm Scott or I'm better than somebody else. You should else. be proud. And I, I just want, I just want, and I want the city Super to share. Bowl, they're not putting that trophy right. in a broom closet. That's... Better get a receiver. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's leaning away from where we want to go. But I, I do want to touch on social media a little bit more because there's an elephant in the room, especially when it comes to barbecue. And some of the most negative comments that I've seen about restaurants come when you guys sell out. Oh God! And, and, and I get it. That's to, some of our worst reviews. I, I, on, on one line. hand, on one hand, I. I can understand, I can sympathize with those people, not their actions, I can understand what their feelings a little bit, because there have been times where I'm like, 
I've been I've been thinking about it all day, and I'm just like I'm going and I'm getting brisket at Porky Butts. I'm getting ribs tonight. Like I'm so excited. And then you see that social media post, and it's like, oh, we're sold out. And I'm just like, no. We, yeah. my, my my whole day is just like, oh no, I was looking forward to this thing. And I can even get other meats, but just when you're looking forward to it, so I can sympathize a little bit with that. But barbecue is so much different than really any other style of cooking because you can't just create something that quickly. Like you, you guys have yeah. talked about, it takes hours and hours and hours. Can you explain why sellouts happen and why people just need to chill the heck out? Well, our quick cook stuff is four hours. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I mean, so. if you're not selling it's out, hard. that means that means you're not doing it right. That's that's the main thing. Because, I mean, we, we have to predict within 48 hours of, like, what our sales are going to be. And, and we're, we obviously, we don't want to sell. We want to, I mean, we're in the business of making money, so we want to sell as much as we can. And I'm, it, it, it hurts when we sell way, really early in the day. Yeah. But we, we have to, we have par levels and we have to cook them based on what we think is going to be the right number. And, and something, a lot of, we're wrong sometimes. And, and it's and, hard being new because those aren't established for me yet, too. Yeah. And it's like, I'm riding a roller coaster. Yeah. Like the other day, we sold it at three. I'm not trying to sell it by three o'clock in the afternoon, but. I had my fourth customer in ordered 10 pounds of brisket and 10 pounds of pork straight up. And I'm going to sell it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, I wish you had called me the day before and I would have done extra for you, yeah. you know, and it didn't come out of my inventory. But right then and there, I knew that we were going to be screwed for dinner, you know, and there were some unhappy people. And I just, you just apologize and say, we'll do better. We try, we'll try to put more on tomorrow. And then you put more on tomorrow and then you're a ghost town. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, what am I going to do with these 12 racks of ribs I got left? Well, let's see. <laughs> and then, you know, it's us on Friday and Saturdays. We're loading every single inch on that yeah. smoker as we possibly can. And we're going to run out on Friday and Saturday. We don't even post anymore because we don't want the negativity online. Right. So we just wait and take it in the face. And, and, and people get every single time. And I'll tell you right now, we would do beef ribs more often, but that's probably the worst one. That's because such a bad if I do 42 beef ribs or 50 beef ribs, whoever that 50 person is, he is going to. Just let me have it and call me every name in the book at 11.15 in the morning. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I, it's, we had somebody get really upset because we were out of mac and cheese at almost 7.30 Saturday night. Yeah. Like, really upset. They left over mac and cheese. They didn't want to try and, anything else. And, so, and, and like, it's unfortunate because you know that people took time out of their day to drive to your restaurant. Yeah, and you know that some people travel from, we have people that travel from South Dakota. And I've had people come all the way from Kearney and get there and they have no burn-ins. And then... You know, you feel terrible because you want them to have it, but at the same time, we have to we want to make the freshest product daily. And, right. And if we, if we're selling out, you know that we're making everything right again for tomorrow, so you yeah. know it's as fresh as it gets. So we're not passing yesterday's stuff off. But also, I'd say use the online ordering. I don't know how yours. Yeah. I mean, if the way we operate our online ordering, if you get it in, it's yours. Like yeah. if we're selling out, we still got yours. We we account for it. So. We, if you are driving 30 minutes over to see us, get online. And we, we do our best to keep it up to date with what's still available, too. We, uh, and we you can do it day ahead. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say, we actually have, you can, you can schedule an order, I think, 30 days in advance. Yeah. 30 days in advance, you can schedule an order for yeah. a pickup time, and you'll have that order. So if yeah. you know you're coming to Omaha and you're going to eat at 730 at Porky Butts at one of those later times, you can schedule. You can call and head and schedule Pretty that order. with us, yeah. So, and that, that, you know, just being a little more prepared. I know it's harder and it's probably inconvenience, but that way you guarantee you get what you actually want. Mm -hmm. we, speaking of those beef ribs, we've got a group of dudes at work uh, who go out for lunch every Wednesday. And there was a day where you announced, yeah, we're going to have beef ribs tomorrow. So the group text is just popping off like, okay, we're going to Porky Butts. And we normally meet in like the break room and then leave around noon. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll leave at noon tomorrow and go to Porky Butts. And I was like, no, guys. We're leaving at 1045. We're getting in line, so we are there at 11 because these things will sell out. And if I have this in my brain that I'm getting it and I don't get it, yeah. my productivity the rest of the day is, it, it's not going to be good. So, I'm surprised you have my cell phone. I don't like to <laughs> abuse my power, Blaine, but I'm keeping that in mind for next time. I, I will be abusing that power going forward. Uh, what do you guys think is the biggest misconception that the public has about barbecue? Oh, I think this is going to be three different. <laughs> That's why I'm interested <laughs> to hear it. easy. Go ahead, Craig. It's easy. And anybody can do it. That is yeah. just, um, yeah, I mean, they don't realize the amount of time and everything it takes, I think. That is just, we 
just don't do anything. We're just sitting around drinking beer or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Where you know what I mean? Just drinking beer, making some barbecue, I guess. And it's and it's glamorous. Not that, so <laughs> it's exactly. not glamorous. Yeah. Scott, uh, that we're printing money. Yeah, <laughs> we are not printing money. Yeah. In fact, you, uh, I don't. I don't know about you. Our loss leader is brisket. Like yeah. brisket's really yeah. Brisket's mm-hmm. rough, and that's at thirty two dollars a pound. Brisket is rough. People don't understand that brisket. You brisket. Start, yeah, you start yeah, the with the yield 14, on yeah, the yeah, the yield on it's terrible. I mean, we were just talking about that today because my burn ends are the yield in them are just keep going down and down with basically the higher fat content I use. So Which means the better they are. Yeah, the better <laughs> they, know, are. So the better they are. <laughs> it, but, the more you're going to lose. Yeah, no, it's a, that's probably the biggest. I mean, people freak out on pricing. And, and, and you got to remember that you're, you're taking something, we're cooking it for 20 hours, we're paying an employee to monitor that, take it off, hold it, We start with a good product, it. too. Yeah, we start with good products. I mean, you take all that into effect, and then you'll have someone come in and say, well, I got a Jimmy John's the other day, and I, I only paid $12 for it. And I'm like... <laughs> Jimmy Johnson cooked that ham that was yeah, on there. Yeah, for- some high schoolers <laughs> slapping some cold cuts in between bread. Yeah. yeah you start with a 12-pound brisket, you, you're going to end up with a six six pounds maybe at the end. Yeah. And, I mean, then, and that's after you've trimmed a couple of pounds off. I mean, you pay for that. And like, it's it's expensive. That's it's, probably, yeah, one of the mi- biggest misconceptions. Yeah, people think, oh, my God, you make $32 a pound, you're making a ton of money. Mm, not on that. Yeah. Right. Have you tried our turkey? Yes. <laughs> pulled pork. Our pulled pork is fantastic. That's yeah. what uh, when I won the uh, American Royal, I, the first trophy I ever, ever won was a brisket trophy. And I, would, I have a, a friend of mine, Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's, is one of my best friends. And he's like, the first thing I would tell you before you put that in your case at the restaurant, he goes, take that brisket off and put a pork <laughs> you want the pork because <laughs> you don't want them buying brisket right but we all want to feature brisket because that's that's yeah, premier meat yeah. and that's the hardest to cook so, so. Cook. If you can't do it in austin you're not going to be there <laughs> yeah so i want to talk a little bit about barbecue innovation because at the heart of barbecue it's just seasoning and then smoking and knowing how to cook it how to get that feel but you guys all have done some innovating and experimenting too. I mean, Porky Butts has all kinds of specials. You've done a smoked pork loin French dip. You've done the pork banh mi. You do pastrami burn ends. It's the pork mi, actually. They don't know. <laughs> if I just say the pork mi, they don't know what it is. My wife hates it every time I say okay. it. So I try to plug it every like time. That. Just like the that. pork mi. It is an excellent sandwich. It's a yeah, it's name. actually really good. Sauce bosses, I mean, you guys are at all kinds of specials. You've done brisket ramen, tri-tip tamales, a pork and waffles that I very much want to see come yeah. back. Yeah, that waffle idea was a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It was and, and, and Mission <laughs> Avenue, you've got, I mean, you've got the tacos, which aren't that super innovation, especially coming from Texas, but you don't see it much here. You've also done barbecue nachos. You've done barbecue Frito pie. What makes barbecue so fun to innovate with and create new dishes for you guys? For me, it's just trying to figure out a way I can eat it again. <laughs> okay, so ex- expl- explain why to everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, we're around it so much. It's just, it's a heavy meat. Like, I don't, like, when I taste my briskets, which I do, I try to do it's, every morning, I, I taste it, take a few bites, I spit it in the trash can. Exact same thing. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's, turkey I can do every day. Turkey and I can eat the jalapeno sausage. Those are my go-tos. But, yeah, it's... You gotta get creative to get me to eat it anymore. It's just such a heavy meat, and I mean, yeah. you, you, it's very rich, and it's, it's very rich. It, it and sticks to the bones, and, and and I just think we've been around it for so, so long, long, and you're smelling it, and you're, I mean, touching it and feeling it, and I mean, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but every morning I walk in, I take a little piece of brisket fat, and I taste it to see how the you know the the rest the smoker was running all night because right. you can totally it, tell. you can totally tell right yeah. away, and um, I do that every morning, and the pitmasters look at me. Like, I'm crazy. Like, I just threw a chunk of fat in my mouth. But, um, yeah, no, you just get, you, it's so, you, you, you've eaten it for so long. And then with the competitions, for me, it's just been my life for, you know, so long that I, I'd rather have Plus, we all, all like to cook. So, it's, yeah. it's fun to play around with different yeah. stuff and, like, see what and, we can do. And we're chefs by trade. So, I yeah, mean, it's only famous. natural for you to start, you know, when you're exactly. doing the fusion barbecue. And barbecue just mashes with everything so easily. I mean, we got, we got a fun one coming up in two weeks that... It's a brisket, uh, brisket bao bun that we've been testing. It's coming out, I think it's next week, and it's going to be, it's really good. I'm going to be texting you <laughs> now that I know I can. So, yeah, no, we, 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 we always play. And then 
I have a lot of influence. So a lot of my kitchen guys are from Mexico and Honduras. So on Tuesdays, I let them kind of, they're, they're always coming up with the Tuesday that's special. That's really fun. That's, that's my influence as well, being and, from Texas. That, yeah. that style of cooking is just. And they love mashing barbecue with. Yeah. I mean, we do it every day because yeah. we have a you know kitchen meal. And, and it's today I had a. It was a it was a braised rib and then like a wajillo sauce over like a, a Mexican spaghetti and it was the most unbelievable thing I've ever had. Wow! But you get down into South America. That's where like live fire came from. Yep, cooking with live fire. There's there's a lot of stuff going. Is barbecue traditional Texas barbecue is getting big in Mexico now? Yeah, there's a few places popping up. But yeah, it's a great fusion. That that's my favorite. And I love getting feedback from people. I mean, there's something that you guys love or something that we did in the past mm-hmm. and. If you say you want to have it again, or if you you want to see a mashup of some, I'm I'm always open. Throw something message on Facebook, or yeah. you can. Craig, going through your Instagram, it is just like all kinds of just why, but not in a bad way. <laughs> like I don't think that they're like all, they all look very good, but lots of wild different dishes. Like just t- picking a couple to talk about tonight, I was just like, man, I got a whole treasure trove to choose from here. <laughs> Where does your innovation come from? Because you're constantly coming up with new stuff. Uh, it's just trying stuff. It's just seeing what's going on in the food world in general and stuff like that and then inserting barbecue into it and stuff. Or how can I, you know, we've done like a bond me too. I mean, you're working with like pulled pork base-ish yeah. kind of or whatever. But then it's like, well, then why don't we take this and throw it in a taco though instead? Uh, get rid of some bread and bring the flavors out, I guess, and stuff. So it's just it's just seeing what you can do with it and where you go. I mean, basically we are displaying with an oven. That's all we're doing. It is. Yeah. Anything you can do in an oven. Now you're making it seem simple. Yeah, I was going to say. Come on, man. Didn't you guys spent 50 minutes telling us how hard it is, and we're just playing with an oven. That's it. We've done some killer, like, we've even done some killer desserts on the pit. Like, Oh, yeah. Chocolate chip cookies on the pit are great if, you've done, if you yeah. do, do them right. One of the best uh, best desserts I've ever had is in, you've been to Little Miss Barbecue in Arizona. I love it. He, no. does, uh, he does a smoked pecan pie that's yeah. probably, oh, it's, that would actually it's nice. stupid good. That's in there. Yeah. Yeah. You've done that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that. Yeah, there are pies. In well, there. I, uh, you were talking about his Instagram feed. You should see my my uh, my phone feed because he always like I'm thinking about doing this. He sends me pictures all the time. Miguel used to make French bread from scratch right there in the, the barbecue trailer and throw oh, it in the front man. of there and just it'd be perfect every time. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> How important are sides when it comes to barbecue? Like more and more every year. I think it's. They're starting to get some recognition. Yeah. You can't sleep on sides anymore. Yeah, then in the beginning, it was just very basic sides. And we've tried to, we started off with trying to be a little more creative, but then with our volume, it's just been so hard to mass produce some of them. And we're actually, I told him, I, we've been running numbers because we want to take a couple off and just to update it and bring something new in. And we run the numbers. And I told him I was thinking about taking my grits off. And Don't do he, it. He was like, I thought he was going to club me. He came after <laughs> you with the butcher's knife. Yeah. Don't do it. But yeah, no, we we just we're trying to freshen up because you got to nowadays in the barbecue world. It's not just potato salad and mustard and, potato salad out of a tub does not cut yeah. it anymore. <laughs> it sh- I should go back to it because I had a gentleman one time. He was probably mid eighties, and he came in. And he goes, "Son, you have the best barbecue, but boy, your potato salad is absolute dog shit." <laughs> 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 and he goes, "I can show you how to make potato salad because ours is kind of it's on the." Verge of Chef. I mean, it's got some mustard powder and tarragon, and it has a lot of, and we use a, a sweet pickle, and it's, a, it's totally different than your traditional Mine's potato salad. And it, it's 50 50. 50 percent of the people love it, and 50 percent absolutely want to stab me because they hate it. <laughs> and it's like, I, I tell my wife, I was like, should I? And she's like, no, because I love it. I think it's great. And it's almost got like a horseradishy tarragon flavor to it, and it's good. But yeah, there's there's people on both sides on that one. But it's yeah. the same way. My, my beans are like that. My beans are there's nothing sweet about them, and there's I some people that wanted to stab me for that. They want those the sweet beans. And but I I grew up in Texas on you the know pintos. The, yeah, yeah. The pintos, yeah. and I I did, when I go to your place, I love that. That's probably yeah one of my faves. Don't worry, our beans are plain sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Is you there, talk about your you, you got a your side dish. What? Come on, don't act like you don't know. We have been dirty dish. corn. Oh, dirty corn. Mock, Come on, man. Mock. It's just mock chow. Mark, it's so good. It is. So. Okay, what is it? It is actually called mock. I can't pronounce it. I guess French mock chow or whatever. It's it's basically corn uh, with peppers, and then we use our barbecue seasoning versus a Creole seasoning and stuff like that, and and butter in it. But yeah, it's 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 very good. It's, it's you know just a little different. It's, you know you're still getting corn, and I like it a lot. 
Oh, I, when we started doing the street corn cold, that's been a big hit during when it was hot. Yeah. And stuff like that. I Just, love it. Uh, when I was a, and everything refreshing and it's the lime. Back in Texas, hot. we would do a lot of pickling with, um, like, we would do pineapple, but we'd pickle it with fresh jalapeno, so it was like a spicy pineapple. That was, that's prepared great with brisket. We would do, um, uh, what else would we do? Strawberry uh, with Thai basil, you know, then we make ice cream out of it yeah. afterwards, too, and. Yeah, that acid getting, works great. Yeah, acid, anything fatty, the, when you see like the, the heavy fried. vinegar, yeah. cu- like, like we've got a cucumber salad on our, 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 vine- our uh, slaw is not mayonnaise-based, it's vinegar-based. There's science behind that. It's to cut the fattiness of, that you're going to inherently have in, in brisket and barbecue meats. So. And it really works. <laughs> Something that I was so excited about when I showed up tonight and I saw the food that you guys had chosen to serve was that we had pulled jackfruit rep- represented. Oh, here because, we go. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I told you, I did the Instagram deep dive, and in February 2001, Sauce Bosses ran a Lent special with jackfruit, and I talked to you beforehand, and you were like, yep, I got jackfruit. I'm here to prove that this is barbecue. Right. So, I, I, I mean, obviously, I know Craig's answer to this. You guys, can you have barbecue without meat? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what what else are we talking about? Like Whatever. other than jackfruit, oh. jackfruit's a popular one. Uh, I've done cauliflower. Yeah, smoked cauliflower. I smoked cauliflower yeah. tacos, and I've done uh, tofu burnets before. Ooh, Ooh were well. they good? But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's still a little textury, just goofy. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a big tofu fan and stuff, but I mean, it just it takes yeah. on the flavor. It's it's there, and and it's got that kind of texture to it. So, yeah. would I prefer a regular burn in myself personally? Yes, but. <laughs> For those people that, you know, offer that lifestyle those and stuff like that. <laughs> you don't probably want to have barbie guys talking about vegan food. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, let, let's move on before we, before we get anybody in trouble. All right. Running diets and vegan food are not our forte. <laughs> no. Only when chased. <laughs> Only when chased. As, as we kind of wind down here, and we're about to get into the live Q&A section here, so people start thinking about your questions if you have any. I want to talk about the future of barbecue. Like, what what is the next wave of barbecue that's coming to, the, in you guys' minds? Like, what's the next cut, the next style, the next dish that you think in three years that's going to be the hot thing that everybody's talking about? I think fusion in general yeah, has been just fusion. like it's, it's it's going to get higher and higher end. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. There's a lot more on the coast and in Texas. There's a lot more fusion going on. There's yeah. a guy that's in uh, Seguin, Texas. Um, Burnt Bean that does an amazing job. and He's on, the first, uh, any of the, no, he was just up for the James Beard. Yeah, yeah, he was nominated for James Beard this year in yeah. Texas, and he was a finalist because of barbecue. Yeah, you don't a, see that every every day. No, and uh, his stuff on, I mean, he's doing barbacoa, and he's doing a lot of, he's a Hispanic gentleman. He does amazing fusion. His barbecue is some of the best I've ever had. You've got a guy that I used to work with at, um, at Valentina's also who has gone on, uh, have you seen uh, K&G's? It's just popping up. Uh, he's just got on Daniel Vaughn's radar. Um, he's from Egypt. Oh wow! Yeah, and he's he's mixing a lot of Egyptian flavors with like traditional Texas, and it's I'm, I haven't had it, but I'll tell you what, it looks really good. Yeah, like it'll make meat barbecue again, so that makes me excited. <laughs> I mean, every culture does you know some type of live fire cooking, sure. and I think now you're starting to mash it up with, and I think people are adventuring out a little more too. Now it's not as you know, just we want traditional brisket. I think they want something different. I, I think we slowly are probably going to introduce it into Omaha. But I'd love to get more into the. I was getting into the live fire stuff before I went. And also, yeah. I'd love to get more into that. But right now, I feel like I'm kind of basic. <laughs> you know, back doing the basic stuff again. You got a if you're basic, eight foot by then four basic foot. is awesome. Yeah. You got an eight foot by four foot spot in the back of your right. restaurant I, on the side. <laughs> I bought this giant rotisserie. My wife has been mad ever since I bought it. It's my backyard. <laughs> I've been wanting to cook on it so bad. We better hope your wife doesn't listen. Oh to God, this. She's, <laughs> she's not going to be happy with you. I, I got an, an auction addiction that. <laughs> I love buying. I have more pits than a human should own. Craig, Craig what do you think we're going to be talking about barbecue-wise in three or five years? Uh, it's going to be the fusion. I mean, I think it's always yeah. going to be, yeah. like, the basic. It's always going to be the brisket. It's always going to be that. But it's going to be that 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 fusion, what we're mixing up with. And, um, and possibly, like he was saying, other, other cultural bring-ins yeah. and, I think, I think and stuff like that. fusion on live so. fire. You're going to see more live fire stuff going on. Yeah, the live on. fire thing has gotten, especially down in Texas. I mean, mm-hmm. we're... At San Antonio Road, there's a huge, you know. I had a I had a Peruvian guy that worked with us in at, 
at Treaty Oak, and and, and they, that's why I brought him on. He was the live fire guy. Do you think we'll was... start seeing more goat and sheep up here yet? Or yeah, and, and I, I, I no, I mean it, truly, I was I mean, another thing uh, I was going to say is that with some of the prices and beef, and now that you got the Prop 12 in California, which is increasing the price of pork, I think you're going to trend. You're going to move over to some new proteins that have not been cooked as much in traditional barbecue restaurants, just because it we need to make money and we need to keep the doors open. So we got to find ways to you know, get people through. And I think it'll be fun. I mean, it's just different types of, you know, proteins that you typically haven't seen in barbecue restaurants that are fun to cook and just, give, you know, adventure out a little bit. And Like what? I, I, I've cooked bison and I've cooked, uh, I mean, I've cooked, we've served quail. duck at the restaurant. Quail I've was a big one back yeah. in Texas. Yeah. We cooked yeah. quail all the time. That was I mean, fantastic. You didn't, you weren't there for leap, leap year when I did the, the smoked hoppers? I did smoked frog legs. No, I should have. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it at one time only on leap year. Dang, that would have been <laughs> it awesome. was my hop. It was my leap year special. <laughs> well, if you ever want to run it again, you can do some like restaurant hop and promo. Oh, 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 See, no. there you go. I'll, I'll promote it that way. <laughs> only if you hop around with your little shorts on. And we can... <laughs> okay, we're ending the podcast on that. Uh, seriously, guys, thank you so much for for taking the time and for for coming on and chatting for bringing awesome food tonight. And I'm being completely serious. Like, yeah, you know, we're not we're not talking about Omaha right now. Like. We talk about Texas or North Carolina or Memphis or Kansas City or anything like that, but you got something? I, I was going to say, I don't know if okay. you guys seen this, this, this past year, there was, a, there was an article written, and it was based on, like, between competition and restaurants and new restaurants popping up. Omaha was the eighth barbecue market in the United really? States of America. Okay, and, you go. know, it was not even on the radar a few years ago. And that was, that. so I and I, it's changing, yeah. My social media guy updates me like every day, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, it's changing and, and we keep saying, you know, it's not Texas or it's not, but we're right there. I mean, we're, we're right on the cusp of St. Louis and we're going to, we're going to jump those guys pretty soon. I think. Well, that, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. It's you guys and people like you who are driving that movement and who are just raising everything up. And I think everybody who's here has tasted it. Anyone who's listening or watching this, get out to these guys' restaurants or to the food truck. They are putting out some fantastic product. Thank you so much, guys, for, for coming and doing this tonight. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.